0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you. So that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, Amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So there's certainly a common theme in our first reading and in the gospel. Today, it's often referred to as admonishing the sinner. It's a spiritual work of mercy, admonishing the sinner. Now, it's not that we are condemning anybody, but there is something to be said for charitably approaching somebody Tactfully approaching somebody that you feel called to admonish for whatever reason. And I think you always have to take that to prayer so that it's received well. You need to deliver it with charity, with tact, with prudence. Not an easy thing to do. And as Jesus says here in the gospel, It may not be well-received at first, so you might need, depending on the circumstances, you might need to bring in other people. A kind of intervention, if you will, might be necessary. So I just point this out. It's obvious, perhaps, but I think it's good in this context that we just hear that today. The psalm, very, very beautiful Very subtle, very quiet today, the way you sang it. Thank you very much. But if today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. So as we listen to the word of God, we believe, the church does, that it's not a dead letter, that it's living and active, which means that it speaks to us in a very personal way in an active way, in a living way. So whenever we read Scripture, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. And of course, different things are going to jump out at you at different times. That's why sometimes you can go back to the same reading as the church does. In case you didn't know, there's a three-year cycle for the the gospel readings and, and for the the Old and New Testament readings, on Sunday. A three-year cycle. We're in cycle A this year. Because typically, I don't think the Missal points that out. Or even the Magnificat won't tell you what cycle we're in. But we're in cycle A. So every three years, we basically cover all of the Gospels, at least the main points. We certainly don't cover all of the Old Testament, but the main Uh, storyline is covered. Anyway, all that to say, as we read the word of God and reflect on it, God's going to keep speaking to us. And even as we listen to gospel passages that we've heard before, or Old and New Testament passages that we've heard before, God will say something new to us. And, and we all need to be reminded that we're loved by God and that he's providing for us. So it's okay if we hear things over and over again, isn't it? Don't we all like to hear every day from our loved ones that I love you and I'm here with you. I'm supporting you. I, I bless you. I affirm you. We all need to hear that. We all need to hear that. And so that's why it's always good To be in the word and to allow it, to allow God to speak to us through it. So I couldn't overlook what the first reading and what the gospel clearly talked about today. This notion of admonishing the sinner. And maybe you might be convicted, so to speak, by this word today. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I've been wanting to say something to my friend about this or about that. and You know, I've had a really hard time doing that. Well, this, and that's an act of love, though. Think of it that way. Paul talks about that in, in the second reading today. How you should owe nobody anything except love. That's really all that we owe each other. That's really all that we should owe each other. Because none of us should be enslaved to anybody. We shouldn't be using each other in any way. And so love is the opposite of that kind of use or enslaved behavior. So when we are called to love one another, sometimes love requires that we deliver a word to somebody that might be difficult to deliver. And it may not be well-received. But in all of those circumstances, we need God's grace, his power, his presence, his understanding and wisdom. Because, as Paul says, the whole law is summed up in that new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Jesus said, how's that for reaction time there, huh? Pretty good, I didn't even see it. So, we hear that new commandment, and we know, we know intellectually, that I'm supposed to be nice, I'm supposed to be kind, I'm supposed to put others before me at times, okay? Well, it's one thing to know that, and it's a good thing to know, But we really can't deliver on that without the help of God, without the grace of God. We can't love the way that Jesus loved. And and the cross is a reminder of that. We can't love that way without his help, without his grace. And that's why we pray. I mean, it's one of the reasons why we pray. To ask to ask God for that help. And he wants to give it. But it's a good thing for us to be in touch, so to speak, with our own need for God and that grace. That's humility. Humility is not saying to ourselves, oh, I'm just so terrible, and this is the way I am, this is the way I'm always gonna be. That's not humility. That's a pretty poor excuse (laughs) for not trusting in God and for not praying. This reminds me of a story when I was a seminarian and I I was uh, accompanying a priest who was in charge of fundraising in the Midwest. And we went to visit Mr. Drury, Charles Drury. If you've ever stayed at a Drury hotel, well, I met Mr. Drury. He was in St. Louis, Missouri. And he was a real character, great guy, very generous. And so we go to visit Mr. Drury, and he, he liked to, to test the brothers when they would come to visit, you know. And So he said to me one day, Brother Jason, I, I don't want to be one of those great saints, I, you know, like John Paul II, Mother Teresa. I don't want to be one of those. I just, I'm just trying to get into heaven by the skin of my teeth. That's humility, isn't it? And I took a deep breath and I said, that sounds to me more like laziness, Mr. Drury. And he laughed. He laughed. And the priest I was with thought that was great. So, we're all called to love, to be saints, in our own way. In our own way. In fact, today, the church is doing something today in Poland that it hasn't done in 2,000 years of history. Check this out. The church is doing something today that it hasn't done in 2,000 years of history. I know some of you know what it is. Who knows what it is? I know Brian knows. Well, I think because Christy sent me the story. They're going to beatify an entire family. Even a seven-month-old. In fact, the mother was carrying the seven-month-old... And as the horrific thing was being, you know, carried out in front of them, she delivered her seven-month-old. So the Nazis came. This family, this Catholic family, was hosting eight Jews in their attic during World War II. And they were discovered. So the Nazis come, execute the Jews in front of the family. I'm not even going to tell the rest because it's a Sunday morning. Anyway, you can look it up. (laughs) You can look it up. I think it's the Alma family, but the whole family is being beatified today. How cool is that? That the church is recognizing, you know, just how special, how beautiful that was. Now, they took a risk to to hide those Jews. They didn't do that just because they were nice people. Nobody does that just because they're nice. You hear what I'm saying? (laughs) Nobody behaves like that. Nobody makes that kind of sacrifice. Nobody takes that kind of risk because they're nice. doesn't happen. They behaved like that because they had the supernatural grace of God alive in them. They allowed the grace of God pouring from the cross, pouring out from the sacraments, to transform them, to animate them, to enliven them. And so it was the risen Lord Jesus and His Holy Spirit that was enabling them to behave that way. Because that, that is not a natural way of behaving. I don't care how nice you might be. I don't care what kind of good disposition you might have. And some of us have that, and that's great. But that doesn't enable you or motivate you to hide people in your attic and then, you know, knowing that you could be executed. So it's a supernatural kind of grace at work in your life. So let's pray for that today. Let's ask this Polish family to pray for all of us here today. That we could be open to the grace of God that is being offered here. The goodness of God that is being offered here to us today. Let's pray that we can receive that more and more with faith, with gratitude. And let's pray then that we can correspond with that grace that is being offered to us. That we can appreciate it collaborate with it, and so become all that God created us to be. Amen.